Father involvement significantly reduces the likelihood of risky behaviors in children. Research published in the Journal of Youth and Adolescence shows that adolescents from father-absent homes were almost four times more likely to engage in risky behavior like drug abuse compared to those with involved fathers. I'm Joe, that dad over there is Kurt, and we are Dads in Progress. Hello, Kurt. Hey, Joe. What's going on, dude? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. We have Father Day, Father's Day coming up in two days. Happy Father's Day out there to all you dads and fathers and fathers-to-be and grandfathers and wannabe fathers and all kinds of fathers. Happy Father's Day. You know, I really don't do a good job of remembering holidays as it's related to my podcasting efforts. This time, my memory was jarred a little bit. I accidentally came across what I think is going to be a gift for me this Father's Day, Joe. Oh, okay. okay. On top of the dryer, I see a black shirt. I think I was looking for a pair of socks to go out for my walk, and it looked a little different. It was kind of wrapped up. It's a black t-shirt, but I opened it up, and it says, it's got a picture of like cartoon characters of my three kids and me. It's actually yeah. pretty cool. I think I, think I sent you a picture of it and it says dear dad great job we're awesome thank you (laughs) (laughs) i thought that was pretty cool that is cute oh yeah it's father's day that's very cute it's coming i like that sunday i like that a lot i've not really caught i almost brought a little tear to my eye absolutely why wouldn't it man we're great yeah (laughs) (laughs) we're awesome you're great we're awesome great job that is that is uh Thank you. That's, That's kind of, nice. it's not, I wouldn't call it a backhanded compliment, but it is. Um, <laughs> it's like it's, my sarcasm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> We're great. Good job, dad. <laughs> uh, very cool. So how old are your kids? My oldest is 31 and they're all two years apart. So 29, 27. My youngest, Benjamin is a boy. My daughter, Lindsay in the middle and my son, Harry. And how about you? I have three girls. I have three girls, uh, Leah, Jenna, and Sarah. Uh, Leah is uh, 38, I'm thinking, 38. Uh, I guess 38. Yeah, born 1985. That would make her 38. She's 38. My uh, middle daughter is 27, 27. Uh, and uh, born in, yeah, and my youngest daughter is 22. Mine were all born in September, September 1st, 13th, and or 14th, and the 23rd. Yep. They're all two weeks apart, if that tells you anything. Yeah. <laughs> two, awesome. Two weeks, two years. So what are, what are you, let's see, if you, if you think back, what are, what are nine, what's nine months from September? <laughs> I know one, new, I know one is New Year's for sure. Just to- okay, so. New Year's, yeah, I guess that would be, yeah. So New Year's, man. Yeah. I don't know what you, how you and your wife celebrate New Year's, but uh, my gosh. Brought us three beautiful kids. <laughs> <laughs> big, big New Year's celebrators. Yeah, man. I, 
I love being the dad of daughters. That's that's one of my hashtags that I use whenever I celebrate them in, in some way. Dad of daughter, dad of daughters, and proud dad. Now it's not easy being a dad of daughters. It is not, mm-hmm. man. Especially three. Uh, I got through two weddings, and uh, they've given me uh, three amazing grandkids. Uh, and wow, they are so much better than me. I will say that sincerely. Uh, they're smarter. Uh, they're more, uh, they've got their lives together so much more together than I had it at, at their age and really, um, doing great things. And you so, know, there's yeah. still time left, Joe, to go for a boy. No, there's not. <laughs> nope. No, shutting the door uh, on that. Let's, let's just put it this way. I, I, I snipped that option years ago. <laughs> Took care of that. Yeah. <laughs> Truth be told, I did too. Yes. Yes. What do you love most about being a dad, Kurt? Ah, wow, you go right for the juggler right away, huh? Oh, yeah, man. What do I love most about? I really, I have enjoyed being a father. What? Why did I enjoy it so much? Boy, it sure got quiet when they weren't around. Having three, it was always yep. chaotic, right? Yep. Three yep. young, and boy, I am so proud of them. The, the t-shirt kind of says it all. I've thought of that. It's uh, it's been a very rewarding time of my life, and yeah, I wouldn't have done it any other way. They're awesome. Got yeah, I three think about real pals there too. I think about the stages of my kids' life, and you know, there's there's the time that you're, you know, the loving dad and reading them bedtime stories, and uh, they're your little princess, right? And I can speak for from a father's from a from a father of daughters, okay. Mm. Uh, a, and sometimes you're a disciplinarian, not the most popular guy. I was a pretty strict dad. I was even more strict when they, when they got boyfriends. And, uh, but mm. I think as I, as I have grown children now, one of the coolest things about being a dad is when you are, when you are friends with your children, with your adult children. Mm-hmm. And there's a period of time that, that they, they had their rebellious stage and I was pretty stupid for a handful of years in their eyes. And, but then they reached a point where they started to come to me for advice. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that man. I love that. But then there reaches a point that you see that you go to your daughters or you go to your own kids for advice. And I think that's a really sweet spot, man. I love talking to my kids about, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And what is your life experience telling you here? Uh, I've had a lot of stuff that I've bounced off my kids. And, uh, you know, my, my youngest daughter right now is at a little different stage than my two older daughters. But yeah, there's a, that's a, that's a sweet, that's a sweet, sweet spot that we can have those mm. conversations. Not only about, hey, dad, what do you think about this? But hey, kid, what do you think about this? Me to them. So, yeah. My daughter really treated her brother and her girlfriend to a New York City trip to see a Book of Mormon on Broadway. And it was because they, the two of them were talking. My son, Benjamin, really likes like crazy humor, like South mm-hmm. Park. Mm-hmm. And she was, of course, she loves Broadway and was telling him all about this particular show and that he would love it. And it was funny. I was saying, you know, whenever my son, Ben, and I get together, we talk about 
movie dialogue, like Dumb and Dumber. And what, I mean, it's some of the first things out of his mouth when I saw him. I hadn't seen him in a few few weeks, but we were right back to just joking around, kidding around, and really proud of my daughter. Of course, she pretty much paid for everything for this trip on Saturday. I love I love the sense of humor that my daughters and I share. Mm. Uh, uh, joking around, cutting up. Uh, we have our own family little sayings, very similar. Mm. Um, yeah, I just I love the the quirkiness, the the sharp tongued sense of humor that my daughters have, mm. and they know they know how to needle me, man. They know mm. my they know my spots, and and they just get the biggest kick out of it. Yeah. You know, I was always busy as a kid and raising the three kids. We were involved, my wife and I. I did all the coaching. There were almost every season of sports, I was coaching all three teams, whether it was soccer or baseball. They did karate. Of course, all the school activities. My daughter did a lot of singing and things. I never, boy, I never tired of it. We talk about how through life's challenges, you get the most happiness from. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of challenging of that busy lifestyle, that's for sure. But yeah. I look back on it still fondly. Now, I don't miss not doing it right now. I'm enjoying this season of my life. <laughs> but it, it was something, of course, I look very fondly back on. I made it a point, and, and I don't mean this to sound braggadocious, but my kids remember this. All three of them remember this. Uh, I made it a point to never miss an event. Right. If I had to, if I had to move a schedule around, if I had to move a, a work thing around, if I had to remove any, whatever it took, I never missed an event. Uh, and sometimes I was that dad cheering in the stands that you're like, Oh my gosh, who's that? <laughs> you know, my dad was that person yeah. almost embarrassingly. Yes. Yeah. You could hear him yeah. across the gym. <laughs> Very clearly, especially maybe I was very in tuned in it, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's a fatherhood is a is a cool thing, and I th- I think sometimes the importance of fatherhood can get overlooked in the role that fathers play, and uh, how important it is to the development uh, of a child to have an engaged father to share a sense of humor with and to share those those movement those moments with, and to impart wisdom. Uh, I always, I always felt as a dad, I, I, I shouldn't say always, uh, uh, one lesson that I learned probably midway through fatherhood that a very wise man, man told me is we all want, we all think about molding our children, right? We need to mold our children as, as parents, we need to mold our children into this or mold our children into that. And I don't agree with that. I think we, we let our children unfold and we're there as they unfold and we encourage them into whatever they become and we move towards their interests. Now we have, we certainly have roles to provide wisdom and encouragement and those types of things. But I think instead of molding your children, you just let them unfold, right? I just, I, I, I loved being a dad. I like being a grandpa more, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but wow. Yeah. As much as responsibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is funny about, about being a grandpa. And I've said this before. The thing about being a grandpa is you don't feel the pressure of having, of having to uh, raise a productive citizen. 
<laughs> you know, a productive, <laughs> right. loving, empathetic, <laughs> contributing citizen person, human being. You just, all they are, are your grandkids are just fun. That's You're great. fun. They're fun. It's just fun. <laughs> I love that. Hey, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that might draw out some of these answers for sure. us. Tell me, what was your first thought or emotion when you found out you're going to be a father for the first time? And I'll just add also, what was it like that day your first daughter was born? I was very young. I know. We know by the I ages. I was very young. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was very young. Just share a little bit with you. I was still in high school. Had to work hard. Uh, I'm not sure I was old enough and mature enough to really appreciate the moment, but I remember looking at her face for the very first time and thinking, that's a miracle. I had the sensibility about me to, to realize that. Uh, that's a miracle right there. And it's my job to, as I look back, I, I have to be careful. I'm not, uh, as I look back, I'm trying not to filter my feelings now and my experiences now with the way I felt then, Kurt. I, I do remember I have to provide and protect. Yeah. I have to provide and protect and protect. You know, of course there's being a physical protector, right? Honestly, qu quite honestly, learning how to physically defend my family. I, I kind of went through some of that fear. How, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? I, I'm, I'm a kid myself. Uh, but wow, what a miracle it was. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that, that this tiny human being was mine to provide and protect and encourage. I was just overwhelmed, man. Mm. I was just overwhelmed. How about you? Yeah. So my son, Harry was pretty much planned. I mean, my wife kind of did it in the order, got married was married for a couple of years and right on time, Harry came along. I heard about Harry coming and I was very excited, very much planned his name, everything. Very excited. Of course it was. And the same feeling you're explaining when he was born, boy, I can remember just all night being up and the water breaking, I want to say it was like 11 o'clock at night, went into the hospital. There was nobody there. It was just the two of us, this city that we live in. It's, it's kind of unusual, but it's a smaller city, but still just one nurse. And I didn't know when this baby, it was up, we were up all night. Didn't think anything was going to happen, to, but come along seven o'clock. But I had that same, the same emotions that you're having, like, wow. The miracle took, you took the words right out of my mouth. I, I've talked about that in our, our Christian conversations we had. It's probably my first, I think that was the first day I saw God <laughs> really yeah. and truly. Yeah. And I feel that, yeah, this is a responsibility. Now I was, was I 27 years old? So, but still that sense of responsibility for this small infant. I, I didn't, I didn't know how to hold them. I felt like I was going to break them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was, 
is probably the most memorable days of my life. And then, of course, there, every, every one of them have, has, a, has a story to go with their birth, but they were all miraculous. Right, right. You know, my, my oldest daughter, of course, not necessarily planned, right? Right. Uh, my middle daughter was planned. Mm-hmm. We knew it. We planned it. This is what was happening. Yeah. Interesting thing about my youngest daughter, and I won't go into the, the details here, here because there's a lot to it, but my youngest daughter, we found out two weeks before she was born that my wife was pregnant. Wow. Yeah. You've told uh, me this before. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a story behind it, and I'll tell you this. I'll go deeper into the story sometime, not, not, not today, but my wife found out she was pregnant, and two weeks later, my daughter was born. Mm-hmm. And it was absolutely a miracle. The, the, that, whole or, that whole thing ended with a doctor, a doctor saying, hey, whatever miracle's going on here, we don't want to get in the way. Yeah. And so there's a little water drop for a future story. <laughs> but my, my third, I, we joke him all the time. He knows. He wasn't planned. In fact, my, I want, my, my wife... Well, getting into all the medical, but she didn't ovulate that regularly. And so both Harry and Lindsay, uh, not, not heavy on any kind of the medications, but we didn't think we could get pregnant without them. We were wrong. <laughs> so Benjamin was a surprise. And I had some anxious moments because we were both working. And I knew when Benjamin came and the third one came, my wife was feeling a lot of regret of leaving them with my aunt who watched them as a, as a daycare for the two younger ones. I knew Margita, my wife would not go back to work. She would say, well, maybe, maybe I won't be going back to work. I'm like, there's no way she's going back to work. So my anxiety was around the financial, like how am I going to provide for three kids and my wife on one salary? Yeah, we did the same thing, Kurt. Uh, uh, we made a decision that my wife would be a stay-at-home parent. Uh, I remember us having this conversation, and uh, honestly, I was willing to stay home. I thought it was important to have a, a parent at home. My wife thought it was important to have a parent parent at home, and I was willing to be that parent. And, uh, but clearly at the time I had more income producing ability. And, uh, so my wife stayed home and it has its positives and negatives, quite honestly. And we can talk about that some other time, maybe, but for the most part, I'm glad we did it that way. Right. Same with me. Okay. Another one for you. How has becoming a father changed your perspective on life? How has becoming a father changed your perspective on life? I'm not sure I, I have any other perspective, Kurt, because I don't, I barely know an adult moment without being a father. Yeah. (laughs) So as the years, as the years went on, uh, how it's changed, how being a father changed my perspective is understanding that I'm. I'm not the most important thing in the world, right? Yeah. 
uh, I have to set aside my needs, my wants, and my desires for another human being, right. which, which increased my, my, my maturity tremendously yeah. through, through each, I mean, even through each daughter. Okay. Right. Each, each time it, each time I became a new father, that was, that was, that was reinforced. I was more selfish before my kids came. And then I think I did pretty much opposite. Everything was for the kids. Yeah. Everything I valued was for the family and for the kids. Absolutely. I mean, even things like I was always worried the career I was going after in the IT space when all the outsourcing was happening, I knew there was threats of losing my job and I could see ads out there for jobs that were out of state. And I just never wanted to do that or even out of town or farther, a farther commute. So that I couldn't be back home to, to do all those activities. Those were the things that created anxiety for me that I'd have to sacrifice, but luckily things worked out and I, I didn't have to do that. But those were the things that caused me anxiety as I was raising those three. Now here, maybe a fun thing, Joe, if you think of a couple of examples, do you have any favorite memories, maybe an experience or fun thing as a father with your three girls? There's a video of my daughter when she was in kindergarten, when she dressed my oldest daughter, when she was in kindergarten and she dressed up like a clown. I still have that video. I've converted it digitally and I've saved it in a dozen different places. She did this little play. She did this dance. It's warmed my heart to look mm. at this little girl. I remember seeing my, when I was in, when I saw my daughters in school for the first time and I was looking into their world, they're in school with their friends who I don't like know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're interacting with their teacher and I'm seeing this, I'm seeing this personality, this engagement. And I'm like, wow, this is their world. I'm looking into their world right now. Back to my oldest daughter, watching her, watching my oldest daughter grow uh, in, her, uh, in her education and progress through life has just been a real joy. She's a, she has a, she's a doctor. Uh, she has an MBA. Uh, she has just done very, very well. That's part of one of my favorite things. My, my, when my middle daughter, uh, when her and I would spend, her and I would spend late nights talking, uh, late nights talking, we would call it our two thirty conversations. Yeah. And, and we would have, we, we would have a lot of those and I'd have, I'd have those with my other, other daughters as, as well, but somehow that those felt deeper. And my youngest daughter, when we would go on vacation, we would go swimming together on vacation in the pool and we would get those glow sticks and we would do late night swimming and we would throw those glow sticks into the pool and go chasing after them. Uh, these are memories just off the top of my head, you know, and we would do that. We would sneak into the pool after it was closed, you know, like the resort, yeah. when you're on vacation, the resort pool or the community right. pool or wherever. And if we would sneak in and even jump the fence. <laughs> be honest with you and go swimming like really late at night when it was dark. And we'd go, we'd go chasing after these, chasing after these glow sticks. Uh, yeah, I mean, I could, I could just really go on and on. 
I'm not sure I have like a single favorite thing. Right. These are the things that kind of came off the top of my head. I mean, watching them in sports, watching them in softball and band and going to all those events and cheering them on. Yeah. Uh, You're helping me with my memories. (laughs) You know, I, uh, I also, you know, we talked about little quirky things. We have little sayings that we say to each other, mainly stuff that we've, uh, we've learned from, you know, quoting movies or quoting some other stuff, uh, quoting some family traditions that we've started. So yeah, I mean, when I think about favorite things, there's so many of them. Right. You remind me of vacation. So I'll give you a couple of fun ones from my days with the kids being little, my son, Harry. So Margita and I used to go down to Wildwood, New Jersey, down near the very far Southern tip of New Jersey, near Cape May. We'd love, Margie and I went there before we got married and went year after year. And when Harry was born, we brought him down. So one memory I have on the boardwalk, they had the typical Jersey boardwalk and they had those arcade games. And you remember Whack-A-Mole? Oh yeah. Love so we it. used to hold Harry up and they had one that was crabs and they, the crabs would come out or alligators and it'd say, we are the king of the crabby crabs. <laughs> and you would whack it with the thing and he'd go back in. Well, Harry, he had to be like two years old, and he was just laughing his head off, whacking, doing the whack of mole or whack a crab. So I can I can remember that particular time. Harry, I can think of lots of things, lots of sports things. He he did karate. He was one of the only kids that ever went through from all the kids that started when they were really young, like six years old, ended up getting his black belt and even a second degree black belt, and used to win karate. Karate tournaments, very proud of those moments. Benjamin, you're talking about going swimming in the pool. One of the first times, he'd never really been in the pool too much. I think, even though my parents had a pool. But, you know, when you're on vacation, you get a lot of time in the pool. He, was, he would jump in the water and go underwater, come up spitting and breathing hard, and get up on the ladder and jump back in and just go over and over and over again. We were watching him do that. And of course, as he got older, he played, played baseball. We did, he got pretty serious with baseball. I can remember him hit a lot of a game winning hit to, to win, win games and things like that. My daughter, Lindsay, um, one of the stories we tell about when she was little Joe, which is really funny. One day my, my wife says, Hey, ask, ask Lindsay where she gets her donuts. And you know, of course you have Dunkin' Donuts out there, right? Yeah, of course. They're everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were first in New, only in New England, but so she got the F instead of the D. <laughs> so, Lindsay, where do you get your donuts? F <laughs> donuts. <laughs> I'm like, what? Run that by me. Uh, so we get, we just had, I think that same day that I learned that, I was taking her to church, I think, and we drove by. It wasn't even Dunkin' Donuts. It was a place called Best Eaten Donuts. And she's like, oh, daddy, effing donuts. And I'm like, okay. So we pulled in and we walked in the place and right in front of God and country and every customer, she says, oh, daddy, effing donuts. And I went. That's amazing. I wanted to crawl underneath the counter, but everyone gave me a look and you know, we still tease her about that. But, you know, another proud moment with Lindsay was she had a great singing voice. She did that all through church and kind of learned the craft. And in high school, she, she did a, I never went to a high school play, but they did Beauty and the Beast. And she was a junior and she played the lead role as Mrs. Potts. 
which has the lead song in that. And that whole, I mean, the whole cast of the high school kids doing that play really blew me away. I thought that was, that was another one of those really proud moments. There's so many, like you said, it's just. I have one funny moment with my, with my youngest daughter. Uh, well, actually I'll, 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 I'll say this two things. Uh, I taught all three of my daughters how to swim mm-hmm. and I did it the typical dad way. I just put them in and they would start to fend for themselves and I'd help them a little bit, but they, they, they picked it up very quickly. Mm. Uh, every, you know, they always like to say, dad just threw us in the pool Sink and we tried to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't quite like that. I was there. You know what right, I mean? Right. Uh, but I did let them, I did let them fend for themselves and they all learned very young how to swim. My middle daughter uh, was, uh, she's a great swimmer and she really, she was in the pool all the time. And I remember watching her swim and, and thinking, man, this is just, this is just amazing. My, my youngest daughter at, I would say two years old, she was swimming underwater by herself and she picked it up immediately, immediately. And so much so that my, uh, my wife was, we were at a pool on vacation next to the pool on vacation. And my wife was next to this lady. And this lady said, look at that little girl jumping in the pool by herself. Look how young she is jumping in the pool by herself. Where are her parents? And my wife was of course right there. And she yeah. said, that's my daughter, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and I, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story, but when my youngest daughter and we joke about this right now. When my youngest daughter, every time we would have ice cream at the house, at, from like, I would say from, from the time she could walk and kind of understand ice cream, what that meant, till I would say three, okay? Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a little older. Whenever we, whenever we would say, okay, let's have ice cream if we were home. Okay, let's have ice cream. She would immediately go take off her clothes. <laughs> we have no idea. We have no idea what the connection was. We talk about we, a trigger. <laughs> what's that? We talk about a trigger with habits. Right? We have no idea. We have no idea what triggered it. To this day, we still laugh about it. She would just, she would go, I would say 70% of the time she'd take off her clothes. It's amazing how many, how different their personalities are from one child to the other, right? I have a question for you, Kurt. Yeah. How did your relationship with your dad impact you as a dad? It is a great question or how our parents influence how we parent our kids. And I think, you know, my dad, my dad was hard on me. He was definitely a, my, both my parents were definitely harder disciplinarians. I won't get, you know, What's the statute of limitations, Joe? Because <laughs> I don't want to get them in trouble. They're, they're, in, they're in their 80s. Well, we can, you know. Let's cap- just say they were hard on you, right? Yeah, there was, pu- there was punishment. There was stricter yeah. punishment. And, oh, yeah. And I, I, still, I still felt like I had to be a disciplinarian, be, be the tougher of the disciplinarians. But I think I was a little bit easier on my kids because of that. Mm-hmm. But I still was a pretty tough disciplinarian, even even that being said, probably than some other parents. I wish I were softer too, Kurt, as a dad. I wish I were softer, yeah, and gentler, and more empathetic as a dad. I look back, and that's one of that's one of my regrets as a dad. Mm. 
I don't know with boys, Joe, it might, maybe, I don't know if you think it'd be different, but I always felt they had to get a little bit of the fear of God in them as mm-hmm. boys, <laughs> let them know who was, who was in charge. So I let them know, especially, I would say, especially the boys that they were not going to, I had a confrontation with my son, Harry, that he'll never forget. And I, I felt a little bad about it at the time, but I got physical with him. At least I lifted him up and shook him up a little bit, but he was like 13, 14 mouthing Mm -hmm. off to me Mm -hmm. or he, he swore at his mother Mm. and that set me off. But I put the fear of God in him and I taught my wife was a little, she's like, wow, I don't know that you had to get that tough, but I said, you know what? I knew what I was doing. I was in control. It wasn't like I didn't know what I was doing, but I wasn't going to let him get, you know, <laughs> take control of the the family. So, but yeah, um, I, my dad, the one lesson I think I learned from my dad and I carried through my kids is that hard work ethic. I still remember laying in my bed early in the morning, maybe waking up half awake and hearing the truck start up outside my window. He parked it up near my bedroom. There was a slope there and I could hear every single morning. My father, I don't think my father never missed a day of work and he was a hard worker. Um, he wasn't really, and I, I probably got this. He wasn't a lovey dovey affectionate when I was a kid. I think he's, he's definitely a lot more than he's a lot softer than he was when I was a kid. He's, he's awesome. He's a great father, but yeah, I think that, I think what we were getting at when you started mentioning this, Joe, you could talk to your kids all you want, but it's, it's a way you carry yourself and your actions really is what mm-hmm. they learn from. Yeah. And so I think I, I got that. And my dad was just so giving to, to everybody, to us. And I think I got that from my dad too. Yeah. I definitely you? learned, I definitely learned work ethic from my dad. My dad worked a lot. Yeah. Uh, my dad, I think my dad worked three jobs my whole life. Mm, right. Uh, at some, at some point, I think he worked, a, I think he worked a full-time job and he had two part-time jobs. Yeah. My dad uh, always just, worked extra. They did cut trees and stuff and with my uncle part-time. Right. Yeah. Uh, to support it. So I learned, I learned a work ethic with, from my dad, a, a strong work ethic from my mm-hmm. dad. Uh, I also learned uh, chivalry from my dad. My dad would go out of his way. He'd, he'd, he'd break his arm to hold the door open for somebody. Yeah. And he would, uh, uh, just the kindness that he showed to people, uh, and the chivalry that he showed to women, uh, really made an impact on me. Yeah. And he was very, he, he, he respectful. was very, very yeah. respectful. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Uh, the one thing, uh, I, I think one thing that I learned from my dad uh, is how to be present. Mm-hmm. And okay. I learned that because he wasn't, uh, my dad worked hard, but you, you don't work three jobs and be around, go yeah. to the baseball games and go to the, right. the, the plays and the presentations. And, uh, my, my dad probably went on two family vacations out of the, the dozen or so that we had, right. Uh, when I was a kid. And I, that's one thing when I saw my daughter for the first time, I, I thought I'm going to be there. 
I'm going to be there. Every, each time I saw my, each one of my daughters born, that was, I remember distinctly, that was one of my first thoughts. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be there. Mm-hmm. And my dad was a great man, respected, appreciated, hard worker. Uh, but it, his, he saw his, his primary role as a financial provider. Right. And there's honor in that, right? Oh, yeah. He was doing, he was doing what he thought was right. Absolutely. So yeah, well, I definitely, you know, you I definitely, know they love you when you know they're working for you. Yep, they, they weren't doing it for themselves. They were, they didn't do. My father didn't do anything for himself, right? So, all right, I got a last question for you. Do you think today's fathers have things harder or easier than you had them? I think they have it easier. Really. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you why you'll have to tell me why. Cause I think the opposite. And the reason I think they have it easier is because we know more about being a parent right now. You can still know more and still suck at it. Right. And there were times that I sucked as a dad. That's the mm-hmm. truth. There were times that I dropped the ball. Uh, and now if my kids were here, they would defend that statement. They would defend me to that statement, but we've had heart to heart conversations. Uh, uh, I've had a, I've had a, I've had one significant conversation with each one of my adult children where I kind of laid myself bare and acknowledged some of the ways that I think I failed as a dad and, uh, in some ways that I thought I did a pretty good job. And that was very cathartic for us. Not that I was necessarily, not that I was a bad dad, but there were things that, that weighed heavy on my heart that I wish I would have done differently. And I had, and I, and I took a moment with each one of my daughters individually and, and had those conversations, you know, mm-hmm. if I tell you what they, if I told you what they were, you'd be like, really, Joe, uh, I know. Are I've, you kidding? I've gotten this sense from you before <laughs> in these conversations <laughs> and they've told you already, you, you talked yeah. about this. Yeah. Um, but I think today's dads know more and have cultural permission to be uh, more than just a provider. They have cultural permission to be more sensitive and be more empathetic and to be there. I think culturally you see this in jobs, you know, mm-hmm. the, this generation, uh, and in the generation prior, uh, uh, or after me, they, they take personal time very seriously and family balance. Uh, and I know family balance has always been important to you. Her, mm-hmm. Yes. But, Culturally, family balance is more accepted now. Engaged fathers are more accepted now. Engaged mm. fathers in, 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 in engagement in all, in all areas of life is you almost have fathers today almost have cultural permission to, to be a more sensitive, empathetic, understanding, involved father. That's why I think they, that's why I think they have it easier. Financially, on the other hand, I think it's tougher. I think, I think that the cost of living is more and they, they have to do more to reach a certain level of, uh, of lifestyle that I, I think that they want for their families. I like your answer. That, that is a really good answer. I think I was taking a closer look in the things that I see going on in the schools today. and. A, a lot of problems that 
they were happening. I was, I was actually a little shocked. Even when my kids were young, I was a little shocked at some of the behavioral problems I was seeing with kids that I coached, but I think it's gotten worse year after year. And that's the kind of thing I'm thinking of what they're getting exposed to with things that are going on at the schools. And I don't think it was as hard when my, of course we had the COVID thing. I mean, that's just a, I know that's one in a hundred years, but that was, I, I can't imagine what the parents went through during the COVID few years. But still, yeah, I, I think, and I know some teachers and, and things that they're dealing with. And that's why, that's the part, that's the thing I'm, I'm thinking about. Yeah. The culture they're getting exposed to. Right. What they're seeing at school. So you have to counter that. Again, being around and being around, you know, to help coach them, guide through those kinds of things. You know, as a dad that, that's been there and done that, let's not be afraid to maybe mentor a young father, either at church or through some kind of group or um, whatever it might be. If you, if you can f- find the opportunity, and they're not easy, but if you can find the opportunity to mentor a young father, or impart some wisdom. I think we need to do that. You talked about the importance of fatherhood. I, I did something I'm pretty proud of when I first got out of college and I was working my first job. I, I uh, volunteered for the Big Brothers program. I don't know if I ever told you that. Yeah. I did that for a number of years. And a couple of things that surprised me about that was just he was an only child living with his mom. His dad left the family and was gone. And what a what an empty space that left for him. He was very, uh, I can only think of the word was needy. He really needed someone to be with him and not just to take him to do things. The other thing that shocked me about that was they asked for a, a commitment of one hour every week. And when I, when they first said to me, I was like, Heck, I could do that. I mean, that's not a big commitment, but what good does that do? <laughs> what mm. good could, of course, one hour is never one hour. You know, it'd right. be all afternoon on a Saturday. We usually have the same time. Like our time, if I remember right, we would try to do the same time every week and try to do something fun. Hmm. But his mom would say, and the, and the program would say, don't, if you got to, you know, be on time, make that commitment because they're going to be looking for you. All right. And what a, they latched on, man, he was a good kid too. And, uh, I like to think I made a difference in his you life. You stay in touch with him now? No, I'm without getting into those things. When I started having my own kids, it uh we'll just say it got difficult. But yeah, and he got weighed. older. Yeah. I mean, I almost made it to you really go until they're 18. I almost made it that far. Actually. That's awesome. So that's awesome. Yeah. I want to share a couple things with you, statistic All wise. Right. Just yep. maybe not statistic, but general general thoughts on fatherhood that come from different organizations. Uh Children with involved fathers are more likely to perform better academically. Uh, The National Center for Education statistics show that uh, children living with their fathers are more likely to earn earn A's and and not repeat a grade. Uh, Children who have nurturing and involved fathers tend to have higher levels of self-esteem and emotional well-being. That comes from the Journal of Family Psychology. Uh, Fatherhood involvement has a positive impact on children's social development. A study from the Child Development, uh, published in Child Development Magazine, 
uh, found that children with involved fathers exhibit better social skills and more positive peer relationships. Research from uh, the Journal of Pediatrics, children with involved fathers are less likely to, to participate in risky behaviors, and they're more likely to eat healthier and to be more active. Uh, fathers play a crucial role in preventing risky behaviors in children. That's, that's clear. Uh, the impact of, of involved fathers in, extends into adulthood, Kurt. Uh, according to a study published in the Journal of Marriage and Family, individuals who had involved fathers during childhood were more likely to have higher educational attainment, higher occupational status, and greater overall life satisfaction into adulthood. Fathers yeah. are important. No, no, none of that surprises me. I know I had all that support as a kid, and I think it's helped my kids too. Fathers are important. So all, to all the fathers out there, happy yeah. Father's Day. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate being a dad. I pre- appreciate being a grandpa. And uh, all the fathers out there, just happy Father's Day. I we weren't sure who was going to open up the show, but I had a little intro for you. This was a quote I thought was cute. My father used to play with my brother and me in the yard. Mother would come out and say, you're tearing up the grass. We're not raising grass, dad would reply. We're raising boys. That was from Harmon Killebrew. That's awesome. He's a Hall of Famer baseball player. That's awesome. That's awesome. Did you have a win for the week, Joe? I do. I do have a win for the week. Uh, Every year, talking about being a father and spending time with your kids, every year I plan a family vacation with my kids and their significant others and my grandkids, uh, the entire family, uh, me and my wife, we all, we all go on a family vacation. This was a little more difficult. The deal I make with them is, Hey, I'll take care of the lodging and some fun stuff. You find a way down there, right? You find a way there and I'll take care of the lodging and some fun stuff. And, and I, I joke with them and they, they chastise me a little bit for saying this, but it's just my little way of forcing them to spend time with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good trick. So we're going, we're going for a week coming up here in, a, in the next couple of weeks. And we just wrapped up the final plans for our upcoming vacation in, uh, in Defusky Island, South Carolina. And this is a little more, this is a little different vacation from us. Uh, Defusky Island is a, it's, I don't want to say it's a remote island, but you can't, you don't take cars on Defusky Island. Uh, you have to take a ferry over, uh, you have to plan in advance. You have to put, get the food together. You have to, cause once you're on the Island, you're probably staying on the Island for good. Uh, so it's going to be a much more low key, much more relaxed, more time to spend, uh, to spend with each other, uh, more time to just chill, play games, stay, uh, sit around a, uh, a bonfire, uh, swim in the ocean still. And there's, they have a community pool there on Defusky Island, but it's a much more low key uh, low key vacation because once you're on the island, you're kind of on the island. So, uh, we wrapped up the final plans for upcoming vacation, and uh, I can't be more excited to hang out with these people. That's awesome that you do that, Joe. Well, you know, one of the best vacations we ever had was again in Wildwood, New Jersey. But my parents came, my sister came with her her son, and my friend from college and his son. That's probably one of the vacations I'll never forget, and we've never been able to do it again. So, unfortunately. Maybe that has gone by, but how about your win for the yeah. week? I'm, you know what? I had like a few of them, but I'm going to stick to one. I'm going to do, I'm, you know, my daughter has, she's so 
generous. And she, I already mentioned, she took us to New York City and my son Benjamin, his girlfriend Ainsley. We saw the Book of Mormon, like I said, something that my daughter thought Benjamin would really enjoy. And he laughed and we were in the front row. He had a, he had a great time. They really enjoyed it. Had a fun time on the train down and back. And we also met up with our friend Samantha, had dinner in New York City. Those days go by so fast. But I think we're really going to remember all of these times we've been spending down in New York City. And I'm going back again with Lindsay to go see Moulin Rouge. She apparently got some really, she calls them cheap tickets. I don't know how cheap they are, but. I think that's her just saying, uh, I'm buying them, Dad. You don't worry about it. That, yeah, that's my daughter, Lindsay. Yeah. Awesome. How about our awesome. resource for the week? So mine is, uh, is an interesting resource, and I'm surprised I've not brought this up before. It's a, it's a website. It's an organization. Uh, you can find it on Audible. You can, fi- you can find it uh, uh, free on the Libby, uh, the library app Libby. And of course, you can find it at their website called The Great Courses at thegreatcourses.com, the great courses. Uh, if you look up, if you go on, if you go on Amazon right now, just look up the great courses, you're going to find diverse subjects, history, science, mathematics, literature, philosophy, fine arts, music, and so much more. I mean, they're just really well done. Uh, the courses that you buy for the full courses that you buy are usually in, in like a video format. Uh, they have lecture notes and reading materials and supplementary resources. That's if you actually kind of buy the full-on course. Uh, but you can just listen to these to these courses on Audible, like I said, or on Libby. Uh, they're, it's really a fantastic resource. I find myself listening to a lot of history, uh, history uh, uh, courses, American history and the Civil War and uh, those types of things. But they have... They have all kinds of courses there. I really, I invite you to check it out. It's called The Great Courses, and you can find it uh, at their website, thegreatcourses.com. Or like I said, you can check it out on Audible or free on the Libby Library app. I love learning. I love that resource, Joe. I'm surprised you never told me about it because I will definitely check that out. Fantastic one. Well, mine's not nearly as exciting as yours, although I told you about it Saturday and you got really excited about it. Because you might remember when we started the podcast, we did our minimalist challenge. And one of the things I did was clean up my garage, not a lot, a little bit. But one of the things I did was I dumped out a big barrel that was full of old sports gear and junk and who knows what, right into the garbage. Eventually, I got it cleared out. And then I went to the dollar store and I bought 39-gallon bags, garbage bags, and put them in there. Well, I just want to report back that it's dawned on me that I am loving this large garbage barrel in my garage because all I had before was the kitchen sink garbage, which is really small. And you know what happens when you got a really small garbage can? You're making lots of trips (laughs) all the time. You're always got to take it out of there. It's such a pain. You got to get it out from underneath the kitchen sink. You got it. It's just one of those chores that I hate. It causes me distress. <laughs> but isn't it amazing, Kurt, how something as simple as a big garbage can can make can bring such joy to your life? I love it, man. I love that that little thing. It, it, I can't believe because, of course, even now when I'm out grilling, 
there's lots of times when you need to throw out something in the, the garbage out in the garage, but I find myself, I use a lot of paper plates, even up in my office, but that extra 30 feet, I got to walk to throw it into that garbage is easy. Mm-hmm. And it's cutting down on the amount of times I have to even, I don't even have to take my garbage out to the curb maybe once every, you know, every other week because it's all in that one big barrel mostly. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I thought I'd share with you the minimalist challenge, really. That one thing really stuck to me that it's really making my life easier. And what is your quote for the week? I believe that what we become depends on what our fathers teach us at odd moments. When they aren't trying to teach us, we are formed by little scraps of wisdom. That's from Umberto Eco. And like we said, we learn from the actions of our fathers, not necessarily what they tell us. We don't really listen to what they say to us <laughs> so much. That's awesome, man. It's, it, it is those little moments that you don't know you're teaching your kids that you're teaching them the most. Yeah, my dad probably doesn't even know that when he was starting up his truck, sometimes pushing it down the hill so he could hop, hop in it and jumpstart it. Pop the it, clutch. Pop the clutch. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know I was waking up listening to that. Going, there goes dad. You know, he doesn't even have enough money to get a new truck, but he's keeping it running. He's doing his thing. He was always keeping the, the trucks running <laughs> when I was a kid working in the garage. But, yeah. Do you know who, who Tim Russert is? Yeah. Tim Russert. Yeah. He was a NBC host. Yeah. NBC host of meet, meet the press. Yeah. Right. Uh, political commentary show, political yeah, news nice show guy. on Sunday morning. Yep. He talked a lot about his dad and I can't remember what his dad's name was, but he talked a lot about his dad mm-hmm. and the relationship that he had to handle with his dad and how important fatherhood is. And Tim has a great quote. Uh, the older I get, the smarter my father seems to get. <laughs> I've heard that before, but I, didn't, I wouldn't have attributed it to him, but it makes yeah, plenty of sense. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. You know, I, my, that is another rewarding thing. My son, Harry, who I would say probably gave us the most difficult time growing up. And the one I was most concerned that he might go off the wrong direction, Uh but he has said he would look at me now that he's much older and he, he just thanks me for, for being his dad. And yeah, I mean, he's just very thankful of, of what his mom and I did for him. And he's, yeah, he's just very grateful. And he, he, he sees our point of view now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. After going to work. Yep. What's going on going on over in the Dudes in Progress community? Well, Kevin Curtis Allen has been very engaged with us. Maybe it's because we had him on our show. And he'll be coming up next week as we record this now. We pushed him out for Father's Day, right, Joe? Right. But... It's, it's a fantastic episode. You guys are really going to enjoy this. And of course, he walked for Alzheimer's. He was sharing a memory of his mom who passed away six years ago. And he remembered, I can remember when this happened, but she had a real love of music, especially Rod Stewart. And after she passed, you know, he lives on the Isle of Wight. And Rod Stewart played at the Isle of Wight shortly after 
her passing. And he just remembers this moment as if she was there. And he played and performed his mother's favorite song, which was Sailing. And I really like that song, too. I'm going to be seeing Rod Stewart, Kevin, with my daughter coming up in August. I'll be thinking about this when this song plays. And so, Kevin, again, great job and uh, fantastic memory of your mom. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that conversation with Kevin, and I look forward to uh, to releasing that. Uh, releasing that, it's uh, it's going to be an important. It's an important conversation, I believe. I posted a picture of my real short Saturday. It was a Sunday morning project, putting a flower box underneath my mailbox. And thank you, Laura Nathnagel, Rob Madiri, Carl Casavecchia, just saying thanks and congratulating me. And Laura says. She's going to find a win to focus on from the past week, and she's going to let us know. So Awesome. We'll she's, she's inspired. That. She, she, says it look, she said it looks great, and she's inspired, and she's going to look for a win now. Well, as we wrap up, uh, our website is dudesinprogress.com, dudesinprogress.com, and you can reach us by email, dudes at dudesinprogress.com. If you go to the website, you'll see how to, how to get on our Facebook page. You'll see how to communicate with us through the website. You'll see, of course, all of our, all of our episodes there at dudesinprogress.com and how to support the show uh, through our Patreon account. If you want to do that, uh, just go to dudesinprogress.com slash support. It'll take you right to our, uh, our Patreon uh, support page. We would certainly appreciate that. This is a labor of love. And uh, being a labor in love, we would love if you would support us. <laughs> and if you, uh, if again, if you want to send an email, send it to dudes at dudesinprogress.com. And Kurt, remember, progress is better than perfection. So let's keep moving forward. We'll do better next time, Joe. We certainly will. Talk to you soon, my friend.